As Christians, we often reflect on the infinite power of God and the fact that He can do anything. At Easter time, we especially focus on the power of Christ's resurrection and how He defeated sin and death. Stay with us. He has the power to resurrect Himself, and He so stated that He raised Himself from the dead. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. In the Old Testament, we find prophecies about the birth, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, we see Christ fulfilling these prophecies, one of which was His violent death. Christ willingly gave up His life for us, but it didn't end there. In John 10.18, Jesus says, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Rejoice with us for the next 15 minutes as we consider the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of His resurrection. Just who is Jesus Christ? Scripture tells us from cover to cover that He's not only the Son of God, but He is God and the Creator of the universe. Colossians 1.16 tells us, For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. Dr. Thomas Kindle, founder and president of Reasons for Faith Ministries in Eagle Point, Oregon, says Christ's resurrection proved He was who He claimed to be. When we look at the resurrection, we see that this was the ultimate sign of the truth of His identity. Jesus was constantly challenged by the chief priests, the elders, the Pharisees, as to what gave Him the authority to do what he was doing. They were demanding the sign to prove that he had authority. And Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, I would raise it up, speaking of the temple of his body. He then said, an evil and wicked and adulterous generation is always seeking after a sign, but there will be only one ultimate sign given it, the sign of the prophet Jonah. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And after three days, Christ did rise from the dead. James Sunquist, director of Rock Salt Publishing, reminds us that Jesus is the only one who could have done this. He has the power to resurrect himself, and he so stated that he raised himself from the dead. No one else ever could do that, and it separates Christianity from all of the other religions. All of their founders, whether it be Muhammad or it be Buddha, Zoroaster, you name it, they're all still in their graves in there's some place on the earth you could dig them up, but you can search the earth to and fro and dig up every grain of sand there is. Go down to the heart of the earth and you won't find Jesus. Dr. Kendall. So on the third day, the tomb was empty, and even his enemies could not explain that. Nobody can explain it to this day, other than the fact that Jesus did rise according to the scriptures. He fulfilled something no one else in history has said. In three days, I will rise from the dead. Christ is considered the first fruits of the resurrection. But what about the people that Jesus himself raised from the dead? Well, James Sunquist tells us there's a major difference between those resurrections and that of the Lord Jesus Christ. There were some resurrections. Remember when Lazarus was raised from the dead. So some would say, well, there was a resurrection before Jesus was resurrected. Well, in one sense, that's true, but Lazarus died again. When Jesus was the first fruit, that was a, a resurrection where he's alive forevermore. Lazarus wasn't alive forevermore. He died 
even though Jesus raised him from the dead. He, Lazarus died corruptible, and he was not raised incorruptible. He was just raised as he was before when the first time he died. Dr. John Whitcomb, founder of Christian Workman Schools of Theology, has spent over 50 years as an Old Testament and theology professor. He says Christ's resurrection was an exclusive occurrence. Now, the point is this, that Christ is the first human being ever to have received a resurrection-glorified body. Now, his resurrection, therefore, had total disconnection with previous so-called resurrections, like Lazarus, whom Jesus himself raised from the dead after he was dead for four days. Lazarus had to have the stone removed, and he had to have the grave clothes removed, Loose him and let him go, Jesus said to the people around him. But Jesus didn't have to have the grave clothes removed. He just vanished right through them, and the stone that blocked his tomb was not removed by the angel to let him out, but to let the disciples in to see where he had been. As Christians, we know the resurrection of Christ is true because the Bible tells us so. Dr. Whitcomb says we can trust God and take him at his word. The Word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It brings conviction, it brings illumination, it brings conversion to those who hear and respond. In fact, our salvation and eternal destiny is dependent on the truth of the gospel found in the scriptures. In 1 Corinthians 15, the gospel is defined as the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice carefully, dear friends, how the content of the true good news of salvation is enunciated through the Apostle Paul. I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas and then the twelve and five hundred brethren at the same time, and then James, the half-brother of Jesus, and then the twelve apostles, and Paul himself. Friends, isn't it amazing that the gospel is not simply that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried and rose again the third day, but the gospel is that these truths are according to the scriptures. It says that twice. Why? Because unless we have the context in the Bible of who Christ is and what it means when it says he died and what sins are, and what his resurrection really involved, then we cannot enter into the truth that the gospel contains. The scripture tells us that Christ gave up his life to pay the penalty of our sin, and through his resurrection, he defeated sin and death. Dr. Kendall says the death and resurrection of our Creator indicates how serious the problem of sin really is. It shows the terribleness of sin, that sin is terrible enough to cause the curse of the whole universe. As Romans 8 says, the whole universe groans and travails in pain, the whole creation, because of the terribleness of sin, uh, that the penalty really is death. And the ultimate truth of that, when God said, you will surely die, the ultimate truth is that he was willing to take that truth to heart and die in our place, and thus demonstrating that he wasn't just talk, he really meant it. And of course... We also see that with his death and resurrection, we see that sin is the most costly thing in the universe, that it caused the loss of the entire human race, the corruption of the whole universe, and it required the greatest payment that's ever been paid 
in the history of this universe, and that is the death of God's own Son, the Creator Himself, on behalf of His fallen creation. And, through Christ's sacrifice for us, we see the profound and everlasting love He has bestowed upon us. Paul said, scarcely for a righteous man would one dare to die. But God demonstrates His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, while we yet hated Him and wanted nothing to do with Him, He loved us enough to give His one and only Son while we were still in sin and still in rebellion. This is the supreme manifestation in all of space and time of who God really is. His justice, His righteousness, also His love and mercy and grace. It's all rolled up in this incredible demonstration of the death and resurrection of Christ. Not only does God love us beyond measure, but He also considers us infinitely valuable. Unlike evolution that says that man is just a worthless product of time, slime plus time equals you, or from goo to you by way of the zoo, and we're just mechanistic products of a mindless universe, that we have no more ultimate value than a swarm of flies, that we all got here by chance, we have no meaning, no purpose, no value. The resurrection declares that God is real, that God exists, that He cares about us, that we're the most valuable treasure in the universe, that the Creator would pay the infinite price that he might have the honor and joy of redeeming us, that we could be his children and his bride for eternity. That's the most marvelous message of the resurrection. God is real, he cares, and we have infinite value in this universe because of him. One of the most exciting verses for a Christian is 1 Corinthians 15:20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. It's exciting because just as Jesus Christ was resurrected into a glorified body, so will we be someday at the Lord's calling. Dr. Whitcomb explains. He's the first fruits, the first actual example of a vast harvest that shall follow, of genuine bodily resurrection unto glory, with a different physical form. A genuine body, but tuned into a different reality than the one we know today. And so will our experience be, because we keep reading here in 1 Corinthians 15, As in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Yes, he's the first fruits, but we are the harvest. And I say, dear friend, are you reprogrammed by God for bodily resurrection, even the rapture without even dying, where we'll instantaneously receive a glorified body without dying? Of course, that's explained, is it not? In 1 Corinthians 15:51, we shall not all sleep. That's the sleep of death, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, that's imminent. It could happen at any moment. That's the blessed hope of the church that we, without even dying, shall inherit glorification based on what? the experience of our Lord Jesus, who is the first fruits of them who had slept in the sleep of death. However, just saying you believe in the resurrection isn't enough. To be raised up in glory as Jesus was, there has to be a sincere heart commitment to Christ. Now you say, well, how can we really know this is true? Well, the answer is, God's own word is self-authenticating. And that's why Paul could say in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, now listen carefully. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. You say, what does that mean from the heart? Answer, 
for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. In other words, friends, God deals with that aspect of our personal human nature that uh, he created and designed to be able to respond to the self-authenticating word that he speaks as illumined by the Holy Spirit. Dr. Whitcomb shares how he, as a college student, made his decision for the risen Christ. I came to Princeton University as a total godless evolutionist. By the end of that year, through a campus witness, a student who believed in Jesus Christ invited me to a Bible class, and through that ministry, I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus as the one who not only died in my place on the cross, but rose again from the dead the third day. It was a, a total change in my life, from which, thank the Lord, I have never recovered. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.